when we're kids because, and before we get to school and, and really sort of start to get hemmed in by, you know, society's expectations, we, we don't have the, you know, the inhibitions that start to, to follow us around and start to influence our, you know, kind of words, actions, clothes we wear, the way we cut our hair, although that's not really been an issue for me for, for decades, really. Um, I, th- I think this is also relevant in music. You know, artists wrestling with, you know, breaking new ground or out of a genre, for example, fear of alienating fans. And it can sometimes make the music feel like, you know, their soul isn't really in it. And I do get the reasons why. Um, Personally, you know, I've struggled myself with with inhibitions, you know, worrying what people about what people think. And it's, uh, you know, it can be quite debilitating. Um, The way that my guest today is writing his music feels extremely uninhibited um, and completely natural, putting, you know, it's sort of this sort of languid groove on, meandering its way through the haze, makes you stop and think about how the fuck we've we've sort of sleepwalked into allowing our lives to be so complicated. Um, His music really makes me think of, you know, what, what, what humanity means. It's the, you know, kind of sound of friends partners, acquaintances, strangers, even slowing life down so it can be enjoyed, um, you know, singing, talking, drinking, eating crisps, whatever you want to do, um, whatever. His latest record is called In the Midst of You, and it's out on the 26th of January, and it's definitely my my favourite of his uh, of his records. Anyway, as usual, time to rein it in and welcome Brad Stank to the show. Brad, welcome and thanks so much for coming on, man. Hello. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Good stuff. stuff so, I was going to say, yeah. I think yeah. about that stuff all the time, about the inhibition thing. The inhibition. Mm. Maybe even this morning, yeah, like, you know, as, how you, as a kid, you kind of just, you don't, like, think about the wider world as much and all that kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting, I think. I th- I, I'm, I'm completely sort of fascinated with, with, with um, I suppose, uh, like, as I've got, got older, you know, and started to, you know, like sort of think existentially almost like, you know, kind of like what, you know, what, what does life mean? And, you know, why do, you know, cause I basically like, you know, about when is it five years ago, I sort of quit my job, started doing this podcast, started mm-hmm. doing music, music writing. And it was the best thing that I've ever did. And, but, but I had to be really pushed into doing it. And the first thing that sort of came into my mind was like all this sort of self-doubt, like people, well, people won't want to listen to me, you know, and it's, it's, you know, well, people that I know, what will they think of what I'm doing? It's mm. ridiculous. It's it, the, your yeah. mind is, is a, is a fascinating thing. Yeah. I mean, I always think like when I was younger in my like teens when, and I was like super into music and I was just like a huge I was just a really good like music fan, you know, like I would mm. kind of just get into everything. And if I was going to a gig, I'd be like in the front row or like, yeah. or like, I don't know. It was just like a lot of, you just don't think about anything. And yeah, like you, you say like as you get older, it's sort of you become more self-aware maybe, or like scared of uh, not being seen as like cool or being seen as cringy or something or like, yeah. And like also like, the more, like when you get into a certain, area as well and like, i studied music so even that was like you mm. have to sort of be more of a critic almost mm. um and self-critic and like think about what you're doing and blah 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 but i've been saying to a few friends this year I've, this year i've really been trying to become more of like go back to being more of a fan of music and like mm. letting go of that a bit um and just sort of enjoying what i enjoy and 
going to shows and having fun at shows of bands that I like. And uh, yeah, you have to you have to be like you have to sort of constantly remind yourself why you're doing it and why you got into it in the first place. Yeah, and not let those ideas of what other people think like matter to you as much because I guess that's not why you ever wanted to do it in the first place. It's in the first you, place, because you wanted to do it for you or whatever, you know. So yeah, it's a really interesting it, thing as well. I think yeah, it's it's funny how we you know you mentioned about you you know kind of like reminding yourself about you know why you got why you got back into it why you got in, got into it in the first place and how mm. how we lose sight at lose sight of things you know about you know what what's important and that that time or whatever the sort of catalyst catalyst is to sort of you know almost like kind of refocus back on what what matters yeah and i think it's it's harder to do these days because obviously there's so we're all like i know it's like kind of cliche to say but everyone is like on the screens all the time and Mm. Well, you know, there's always, there's always stuff that you can be like feeding into your brain, and a lot. Obviously, everyone says that with social media, a lot of it is sort of makes. I think probably most of us feel worse about ourselves rather than better. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's. I think these days, yeah, it's harder to remind you. Like you, at least you keep having to remind yourself why you wanted to do it, um, because you can kind of lose track of it easier. You know. Yeah. Um, whereas I think maybe I don't know maybe back in the 20th century or something it was you could if you if you were a musician or whatever and you wouldn't hear what people thought about it really unless it was in the newspapers but then it was, you could ignore that or yeah and you could kind of do your own thing and not really the rest of the world wasn't as like uh, readily available to you or whatever it's so, funny yeah. isn't it like like thinking about that because like like we're saying just sort of before before we sort of started recording i was in I was in, a student in Liverpool at the at the end of the eighties, right? And and mm. and obviously that you know that's the time when everything everything's analog, you know. So you know you'd find out about music through you know either word of mouth or you know going to a gig at the student union or um, you know reading about lot like you know kind of sounds and NME and stuff like that. But mm. you you you'd, you'd sort of take a chance on it, and if you didn't like it. The, you know what you bought it's like okay you didn't like it it felt yeah but what you said about you know you didn't almost as a, as, a, as an artist you maybe didn't notice the the, the criticism if, if criticism came apart from some you know snarky old you know journalist in the in the enemy or something like that mm. or maybe a bit of a sort of vendetta against you mm. um but yeah it's, it's sort of it feels in it i don't know man I, I was thinking about this this um kind of nostalgia the other day just about you know you know whether it can be a, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing if it if it can be a good thing because it's you know it is a kind of connection with your past and mm. you know using it almost because i think you know thinking about history and you know kind of what's gone is is really important for informing how the how the future looks yeah i mean i think nostalgia is quite it's pretty powerful isn't it like um I always get a bit nostalgic around this time of year, especially like leading up to Christmas and stuff. Because mm. it kind of brings back those like memories of Christmas, like being home. And yeah, I think it's definitely important not to like give it too much um, like notice. I like, maybe notice isn't the right word, but mm. you know, 
better to be sort of present about stuff, I think, in most situations. But mm. yeah, it is, it is powerful. And obviously music can do that with you. And um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a weird thing to sort of, and it's also quite, a, it's a powerful tool for writing, I guess, nostalgia, you know, and all that mm. kind of stuff. But it's, uh, I guess it can kind of like drag you back a little bit as well. Yeah. So it's got, probably got its pros and its cons. Yeah, I was, but, th- I was um, thinking, you're absolutely right with that. Uh, sorry, sorry to labour it, but I think I, I, it, it's like, yeah, it, it can be it can be negative, but it can, it can be positive because it can remind you of good times. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, on the negative side, it's like those times are gone, but, you know, at the same time, it's you, you're remembering stuff that was really good. So it can be, mm-hmm. you know, sort of used as a, as a positive, I think. Um, yeah, I guess most like most stuff like that is like a bit of a double edged sword as well. Like kind of like yeah. you said, like you're remembering that sort of time where you felt happy, maybe yeah, maybe happier than now. But then also it kind of it the the result of that is you just feel a bit maybe more miserable about where you are now, yeah. or like the fact that you're getting older or whatever, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of why I say like it's maybe sometimes better not to like dwell on it too much not to dwell on it too much yeah um, right yeah but you know yeah it's, it can be hard to do yeah for sure for sure so what's what's been what's been happening um you know what, what's been happening since hank stankovich what's been what's what have become mm. like the big things in your life that are sort of influencing well i guess what's kind of influencing the new record that's that's coming out what's been going on mm. um I, I don't know it's sort of just life i guess is just mm. I don't know. My life is pretty boring and normal most of the time. Um, mm. So I was living in Liverpool, yeah, until sort of a few months ago. Um, that was good. But I, I started coming down to London a lot more this year because uh, I started, well, I recorded the new album down here. Mm. Um, and um yeah, just started spending more time here, I guess. Like, got good friends here, and mm. all that kind of thing. And um, sort of, like, started sort of, you know, seeing somebody, romance, mm. friends. My brother lives down here. So there's a lot of, like, big um, life things in that way, I guess. Um, yeah. And it's nice to have something new. Mm. But, um I don't know. I mean, a lot of the time, my yeah, my day to day is pretty boring. So not much mm. has been going on, but yeah. it's sort of just a lot of hanging out and um, thinking, reading, listening to music, um, trying to keep inspired and yeah. sort of stay stay above the water. And because um, like life, I don't know, not not life, but like the way things are going is pretty, kind of scary, isn't it? I guess mm. in terms of wider society or whatever. Yeah, um, which is another problem with the how much information we have at all, at all times on us, you know. Overwhelming, isn't it? Um, yeah, you can just get totally just... bogged down and stuff. So, I feel like a lot of people probably feel the same. They're just trying to like keep whatever they're doing. I think so. Like going, you know, and like it's kind of crazy. And I think I, I try not like to watch or read much news anymore. To be honest, because mm. it just kind of like it's very easy it can very easily just start to make you feel a bit depressed and stuff. So. Totally. Totally agree with that. But yeah. yeah, so like, not loads has been going on. 
just like sort of normal normal life i guess you know i mean i, I guess you know um, kind of change changing you know where you live is a is a sort of fairly big thing i mean i, I suppose it's fa- fairly early days but have you i was i was you know, you know kind of I remember one of one of my very early episodes of a of, of this podcast. It's going back. It's probably going back going back over a couple of years. Probably two and a half years. And it was um, mm. uh, she lived in in New York, and she mm. moved there from I don't know like some somewhere else on that on that sort of East Coast, but a, but a, a sort of smaller town. Yeah. And she she said um, New York became the fifth member of my band. Mm. And it was like she's like kind of saying that the the her physical environment mattered, specifically in New York, kind of mattered so much that it was it just had such an influence on the sort of music that she was she was writing. What what I that mean, makes any, sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, when I, especially, I I do feel like I've thought about this before. I feel like if I have my guitar when I'm back home. Um, like at my mum's house, which is like mm. in this town, Chesterfield, which is sort of Midlands, quite a small town. Yeah. Surrounded by like the Peak District, so like nice countryside and stuff. Yeah. Um, I feel like I write different, mm. like differently than when I'm in the city, kind of. Yeah. Um, maybe like nostalgia plays a bit of a part in that as well, to be fair, but, mm. um, but yeah, no, it makes sense. I think it's like the situation I was, I was in, say, when I made my first record, Eternal Slowdown, um, and like the situation that I had in Liverpool and the friends that I was like with and living with and what was going on sort of day to day definitely had an effect. And it also kind of means that it, you can't never like write that same exact same sort of style again almost because like yeah it's so sort of specific to that time and, and place so yeah that makes a lot of sense i'm kind of makes me worried though in terms of london because london's a bit of like you know it's a bit like bleak sometimes and like everyone's <laughs> everyone's like struggling really bad and probably gonna come out making either like some depressed like elliot smith record or like some big like punky punky record next or something you know like, i'm just angry at everyone and stuff um but no i kind of i kind of knew when i moved down that i was i was gonna have to try and keep like zen and like because it's a different place to live for sure yeah in liverpool you can be you can live very sort of a chilled life mm. kind of so i'm kind of I can't, when i before i moved i was like i'm gonna have to try and keep that mindset mm. and not let not allow London to sort of um, bog me down, I guess. But we'll see what yeah. happens with the music. Yeah, because I'm, I'm sure it will have some influence, of course, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so yeah, it'd be but interesting suppose, to find out what happens, sort of thing. I mean, I suppose you, you know, kind of like <clears throat> I know you've you've got, um, you know, you've got a sort of partner, you know, your brother down there, so people, kind of people that that you know. And also, and friends mm. as well. I suppose sort of find, finding Sorry that. Sorry about this, by the way. Yeah, no, 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 it's fine. I suppose oh, sort of find, you, yeah, you know, sorry, kind of find, on. you know, kind of finding your tribe, finding your people, um, you know, mm. as, as well to, to, to give you that, um, what's the word, um, not, not restraint, but to, you know, to help you with that, with, with, with managing mm. the, you know, the, 
pace of the city, the some of the some of the just the difficulty in getting around the stresses and stuff like that, you know, is is mm. kind of important as well. Because sometimes if you if you're completely cocooned, you, you know, you mm-hmm. just all you got is your own head. Yeah, I think I, I probably never would have made the move down if I didn't have the set of people that I've got here. Yeah, um, I mean, even like a year, a year and a half ago, I would, I, I would have probably said that I would never move to London. You know? Yeah. Um, but the more people that sort of moved down from Liverpool here that I was friends with, and all that kind of thing, and when once you get like a bit of an an itch for it, it kind of becomes exciting as well, right? And it's yeah. like, oh, maybe it's a new challenge. But at the end of the day, it is like a different sort of pace and um different you're surrounded by different people obviously like mm. it's very sort of london feels a bit more like um ambitious maybe or like ladder mm. climbing ladder climbing yeah. like if you know i think I mean. it's more it's more obvious it, it, it's it's definitely yeah. more london i agree Whereas liverpool especially like in the music thing in liverpool it's people are ambitious obviously but they're more ambitious sort of within themselves and not sort of it's more supportive i guess you know supportive yeah yeah whereas london i guess maybe feels a little like more dog eat dog or something but i think Mm. obviously that there's 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 always going to be people in music scenes and stuff like that that aren't like that of course but yeah and i think i was kind of worried when i moved down that i'd struggle to like meet new people but i think with my friends that i've got here that know people that introduce me to people, you know, it's like I seem to be meeting the right kind of people yeah. as well, you know. Yeah, well, that's, um, that's good news. But you can tell it's a it's a different sort of mindset almost in the city. Um, yeah. And yeah, sort of, I'm, I'm suddenly find myself surrounded by people that we would like take the piss out of in Liverpool, you know, like, <laughs> like sit sit around in the pub and go like, oh yeah, I was in London on the weekend, and there's all these, you know. <laughs> guys with the posh accents and all this kind of stuff so yeah but it, it's and cool now you're living I, I amongst really them like yeah exactly <laughs> but it's good i've become i've become the enemy yeah for sure um but I mean, no, it's, like, it's not that deep obviously but if we like sort of going go back to when you were younger when you were a kid and you, 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 I'm, I'm i'm thinking of um you know not just kind of musically but but kind of like formative influences you know that 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 you 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 sort of recall you know that that stick with you as being um you know kind of big enough to start i guess sort of shaping who you are mm. yeah i mean my um my mum and dad were both huge music fans um mm. and just kind of they never really once i started getting like getting the idea and the itch that i wanted to just do music for the rest of my life which was when i was maybe like 12 13 and then obviously like an angsty teenager you sort of like no i'm just this is what i'm gonna do like i don't need a plan b but they never yeah. really put like that idea into me either so it's always yeah. quite, quite like chilled which maybe i don't know maybe it's uh, another one of those things where it's like i think probably made me a person that maybe was more suited to liverpool where it's more just like you do it because you really enjoy doing it and stuff rather mm. than it was never the idea of like needing to make the most money or something it, mm. when, I, when I was growing up, you know, um, which was always, which is good. And I'm kind of thankful for that. Um, so definitely that more sort of like energy of 
um, or like philosophy of like life is more than just sort of material things was kind of a big yeah. one growing up or it's one that I think about now I'm like yeah I was never really pushed into thinking in that way which is nice mm. um, but yeah I think my mum and dad just having a big love for music and like taking me to shows and stuff yeah when I was when I was a kid I had a big thing and it kind of just made me like oh the town I was from there wasn't really much going on it was football or, or yeah. music basically you know so it was like um and were your parents supportive of, uh, you know, kind of like the choices and, and interests that you that you had? Yeah, totally. Like, yeah. It's kind of weird to me now, really, because they've never, like, once I started playing, I played, started playing the drums first. Mm. Um, and I had, like, a bit of, I was, I was I kind of, it was quite natural for me to play the drums. I don't know why, but it was just sort of like, and I think they could see, and then when I started, like, picking up the guitar and stuff as well, I think they could see that, I was just obsessed with that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, they were totally supportive of it. Yeah. So yeah. like I was playing like a, was playing with a few friends back in the day, back home just to like my other friends that would come and see us or whatever. Um, and yeah, there was never any sort of, oh, but what if it doesn't work out? You know? uh, it's funny. This, yeah, there was never, yeah. Yeah. There was never really anything like that. So I was just kind of like, well, I just keep doing it. So I like, went to college uni just doing music yeah um i never really like i never thought i'd kind of be able to be doing it as i am now where i'm like planning tours and mm. like putting records out with a record label and but you don't really like it was one of those things where i never really planned it either it's like yeah um and i still don't really have a plan i guess it's kind of just like <laughs> that's brilliant you know, yeah you just kind of like i don't know living life or like the journey so, is the the journey is the goal almost it's the goal I mean? yeah so kind of absolutely yeah kind of enjoy what, the journey see what happens yeah yeah just you know try and yeah just try and enjoy everything i guess yeah you know, so i mean do, do, um, does 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 instinct play a big part in your life in how you basically like kind of like in how you live your life i guess so yeah um Probably more than I would like it to sometimes. Um, See to your but yeah, sometimes, like, yeah. Yeah, or like maybe, you know, stay in on a Saturday night or whatever, instead of just being like, yeah, let's go out. Well, <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I think once, once I've got like an instinct for something, I am kind of, it's like it's kind of hard for me to get my mind off it a little bit, maybe. Because um, it's interesting, this because because I always had this this uh, I I have I've I've learned to sort of trust my instinct more as I've got older, and definitely more in mm. in kind of recent years. But but I also like I'm also quite an analytical person, so I, which sometimes not not so much now, but it has done in the past where I've just like like analysed things, and I'm like, oh for fuck's sake, come on, just decide. You know, mm. there's there's something about you know totally. what sort of risk taker you are, and you know it's like. But and the thing is that like in in ninety nine percent of the times, my instinct has been right, and that's not I'm you know it's not mm. that's just the way the way that it is. Usually your instinct, mm. I think, is is usually pretty trustworthy. You know, yeah, unless you I mean, you know, kind I, of make something completely rash, but you know. Well, I agree. And I, I'm kind of the same as you in that way. Like I'm a bit of an overthinker as well, almost mm. like 
um, which is kind of a juxtaposition and it's super annoying sometimes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think me when I was like sort of 20, 21, me and this friend of mine, we used to read a lot of um, like really heavily into like Jack Kerouac and stuff and all of those mm. like beat people. And that was almost all about like, you know, like on on the Jack Kerouac's on the road is just about like going and seeing what happens and like yeah, yeah, um, and all that sort of vibe. And we like we talk about it a lot. And I remember there was this girl that I was really into, and I was like overthinking what whether I should say something to her. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, just do it because if if you're if you're if you do it and you've got the instinct and you're vulnerable about it, and it goes wrong, then at least you've like done what you're body wanted you or like your body and your brain wanted you to do yeah and at least yeah. you can take some like encouragement from that at least you've like done kind of what you wanted um rather than you know if you didn't do something like that that's like almost instinctual it's like you'd regret not doing it sort of thing yeah so, like, even if it goes wrong you at least yeah. you've, at least you've kind of been you and put your heart on your sleeve or whatever it's, it's this I mean. kind of thing, yeah. It's this this thing about um, you know. I, I suppose it's an overused word, but kind of authentic. You know, it gets used. Mm. Uh, you know, these are the, some words that sort of get used a lot, and they start to lose the the meaning or the or the or the impact, don't they? You know, it's become used in in situations where it's not really relevant. But yes. that but that authenticity and and you know you know of you know, when you make those decisions based on instinct, that's kind of like, that is, that is the real you. That, that is what, you know, what your heart is kind of telling you. Yeah. And I think the regret, maybe the regretting something like that, that you at least like went for, that you wanted to do is always lesser than the regret of not doing it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah so I this, think following your so, instinct and, and being vulnerable like that is always a good way to sort of yeah. live your life, if you know what I mean. So this is an interesting um, one. When you when you were saying about when we were talking just a you know a minute ago about your you know your parents being supportive. So so I was um I I did my um music exams. I played the cello and I put, I, did, I did my music exams up to nice. up to like grade eight until I was mm. sixteen. And I gave it up when I was sixteen or seventeen, you know, the you're saying about that kind of angsty teenager. And um it, it was funny because, like, I think it broke my dad's heart, really, mm. you know. And and but my heart wasn't really in it. I felt I was sort of being being pushed a little bit. But but then mm-hmm. he he, di- he didn't he didn't really want me to be a musician because what he'd had in his life, he'd um, and I, I I did do you know I I had this this kind of like conflict of um kind of classical stuff that I that I had to do with the cello and then this sort of punk rock mm. music that i that i just adored and um but he'd he'd had um quite a lot of sort of instability in his childhood you know and, and along with sort of financial instability and he, he basically kind of like mm-hmm. got himself an education became a chartered uh like en- mechanical engineer <clears throat> so his thing to me was you know you need kind of need to find something that's going to give you that stability so you can see how this mm. you know experience of one generation sort of passes on to the to the, to the next it took me years to sort of shift that totally yeah no I, I feel that I think it's very true I think um, yeah I think a lot of us don't realise maybe until we're a bit older that we are kind of like more influenced by that kind of thing than 
like you would think or whatever, you know, you know oh, yeah. my parents were just sort of projecting onto me what they wanted or didn't want or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, which is really true, yeah. I mean, my, I think my mum and dad's sort of thing about it was, you know, our town wasn't anything super inspiring or whatever. So I don't know. I think it was it was a thing of like, they could see me wanting to go to you or get out of the town and go to uni to study. And, yeah. you know, they were just like, yeah, see where it takes you, you know, because mm. you don't really stuck here. I mean, my town, I love my town now, but for a while it was like, uh, quite laddie. And like, you know, if you stay there, you basically just, you go out and get into fights or whatever. Yeah. And it's that You're going to kind of, of fall into that. It's, that it's, way not, of life. it's not all like that, but you know, people <laughs> are sort of now my age, like, you know, growing up and having kids, and that was another thing. Almost as well was like, didn't want it, that whole idea sort of scared me as well. Like mm, settling mm. down too early, or um, I think they they could probably just see that I had like some want something of, like, else living. Yeah, sort of living not going down that like sort of traditional path. So they just were like, yeah, mm. go for it. It'll be good for you or whatever. You know. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, the trust that I had. From them, I think in it, or just like maybe they just didn't care. <laughs> I don't know, but <laughs> but no, no, I think they did. I think they did. I think they just wanted me. They wanted us to be like happy, you know. So it was like, yeah, um, they didn't want to. My dad was a bit worse for it. He was like, they were sciencey guy, mm. but still, I think he he saw it. He, he would come and see me play, and he thought I was back in the day. I remember he was like. Uh, He'd come and see me play the drums and he'd like bring his friends because he thought I was like a good drummer. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So I think he just like saw the, the passion for it and mm. was like, you know what, you just do that. It'll probably make you uh, happier than if we were to like bog you down and try and force you to go into something else or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's important. And I think some people like you were saying, like you might have to sort of unlearn it almost a little bit if it's... Um, yeah. If people, if your parents aren't like that, um, have to be like, you have to realize yourself that, oh, I'm going to have to do what makes me happier. There was, there, was, there, was, like... there was definitely some of that. And, and, and also because, you know, because I'm an only child, um, you know, there's always like the kind of spotlights on you, you know, so it's, it's like yeah. there's nobody, there's nobody else to take the heat off you. Mm. You know, if you do, if you do something that pisses them off. It's on me. It's always on me. You know the weeks go by where your mum's not speaking to you and stuff. Yeah, I was always. I've got a brother, a younger brother, so he was almost. He was always like, uh, I was kind of a quiet, shy one. You know, he was. He was the troublemaker. Um, So yeah, I was kind of maybe it was more of that as well. Like I was just sort of getting on with my getting on my shit, never really causing much trouble, and he was. He was one like in detention all the time at school and yeah, you know, causing trouble and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, maybe it's a bit of that as well. Maybe the, you know, it's uh, maybe I did have a bit of the heat taken off me in a way by having a younger brother or something. Yeah. So mm. how, how did that? How did you um, becoming becoming a musician? How did you handle the shyness aspect of you of your personality? Um. I guess that was that kind of became the one thing where I wasn't shy almost, mm, um, mm. which is weird. But it is like I don't know, maybe probably a, a 
few musicians would say the same, but yeah, you kind of, I kind of felt like in my town, especially being into like lots of weird music and, you know, there wasn't loads of people, which is another reason why I wanted to get out of there. It wasn't a lot of people that really shared my tastes or yeah. anything like that. But I guess when you're doing the music and, you know, you feel that um, when you start meeting people that do have the same taste or have got like similar ideas to you or into the same bands and mm. um, it kind of makes you less shy, I guess. It but does, also, yeah, yeah like, you're right. Was, absolutely right. I'd kind of be like the shy kid at school, but then like I would do like, I remember doing like an end of year, you know, like a talent show at the end of the year at school. Mm. And I was there, like playing drums and stuff. Yeah. And then like you'd, you'd see people after at, the, at lunchtime and I'd be like, oh, that was sick. Or, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, but I don't know, when you're actually doing it, it's quite, kind of like relieves the shyness yeah. almost in some way. It I does, guess, it? Probably for a lot of musicians, it's, it's, a, it's one of the only like, it's a good way to like express yourself, I guess, without having to actually say anything or whatever, say anything. You know, that's true. Like. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, it kind of just removed the shyness, I guess. So I was never really that shy with it. Um, I, I was. I, yeah, I, mean, don't really I, get, I, I don't get nervous before stage or anything. Like, people are, like, know, are you nervous? That's interesting. No, I never was when I'm. Yeah, never really. I don't know. But I've not played like any huge. If I was playing like a huge show, maybe I would. But mm. kind of just like trust it a little bit i don't know yeah. i guess i guess some people are it's interesting how that how that um nervousness sort of works i mean some people are, are more nervous you know talking or singing or, or performing or whatever in front of a small group of people than than a larger group of people and then i guess it depends on the composition if it's if it's if it's your friends if it's people that you know versus strangers mm. there's a there's a few different kind of permutations aren't there of yeah, I feel I feel more nervous if it's my friends in the audience. Friends, I feel yeah. Like. Um, because they kind of because I do feel like on stage I'm all like, not like a completely different person, but I'm definitely like a heightened mm. version of like do a Brad Stank thing, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes it's easier when when it's a room full of people that you don't know. It's easier to like put that on, I guess. Yeah. Um, as opposed to like if your mates are there. Um, yeah, that's know, that's, that's very like, true. It's a bit weirder, but it's interesting this because I remember but, yeah. I remember uh, reading an interview with with Karen O from the Yeah Yeah Yeahs, and, mm. and she said that you know, you know, kind of like particularly sort of back in the day when they were you know was what we talked about two thousand and three or something like that <clears throat> that she was there was a, there were there were like two personas so you know what what you'd see on stage was like this sort of really kind of outgoing uh flamboyant you know singer and then off stage it was just like completely the opposite you know people were expecting to see the same persona but it, it wasn't she was just really shy and lots of social anxiety you know around people and stuff like that yeah it's, it's funny like uh <clears throat> my uh we played in london sort of a month or so ago mm. and uh my partner's housemate came to the gig and after, I was chatting to them after we got off stage and she was like, she was sort of like, what the hell? Like, never thought you'd be like that on stage or whatever. But obviously, I, yeah. when I, if I go around to theirs, I'm just like, hi, how you doing? Or whatever, you know. And like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's kind of like a different person on stage. She was like, I was kind of like, well, I'm not going to start like walking into your house and yeah. shouting out into song or anything, you know. But 
yeah, I think it's definitely, especially around people that I, I'm quite a shy person. Like, if I don't know people mm. until like I've kind of had a good conversation or, yeah, I don't know, something's like broken the ice a little bit. I'm a bit like shy. But then, yeah, if I'm on stage, and not, you know, before you go on stage, you normally have like a beer or two or whatever. It's a bit like, yeah, loose and just to kind of loosen my good. Bit good friends playing on stage and in the band and stuff and kind of trust them. Um, and yeah, it's something I guess I've, it's something that I've kind of put so much into over the years that it's, I kind of like trust myself on stage mm. and stuff. And like, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's almost a different mindset. Of, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's you're yeah. in a different sort of uh, frame of mind with it all and stuff. So, I guess having so, that, yeah, you know, that, that, that sort of trust, trusting yourself on stage is that's the, I suppose, you know, kind of inner inner confidence and, mm. you, you know, which, you know, is, is a, I mean, it's such a, such a good and strong thing to thing to have, um, but I wonder I wonder how fragile that that can be as well. I mean, I guess it, it's it's sort of wrapped up in so many. So many other things as well, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's something I'm just kind of thinking about now. I say is that I think that inner confidence is kind of there at all times, mm. but it's kind of like day to day life. Maybe it's hidden a bit more. Yeah, which is um, probably like a conversation that's way deeper than I can actually have. I guess. But oh, I was I, like, I, I guess agree like, with you. yeah, you know what I mean. It's like yeah. it must be there somewhere for it to come out, but. Um, but yeah, I guess like probably everyone has that as well, you know, like they know that they're gonna be good at something, but it's like finding mm. I guess maybe I've been quite lucky to find that something that can like bring it out in a way, you know. Yeah. Um and maybe like maybe yeah, maybe that's just what it is, is like you have it there, but that the music thing is the one thing that can actually mm. help bring it out for me or whatever, you know. Um you, so yeah, I mean it's you, interesting, it's interesting. When you're when you're when you're writing um do you do, do, do you ask ask people for their opinion on what on what you're no. doing or you you completely yeah sort of like barely ever yeah barely ever. sometimes if i've got something like near to finished i'll ask like i've got <clears throat> one of my good friends liam um who's got a project called two blinks i love you he's like we'll show each other stuff but it's never like it's normally towards like when it's finished rather than when yeah. it's like in the in the like in the process yeah first things you know but he's just someone i can we like share bits with um but it's normally something that you already know that you're kind of happy with yeah but it's and it's like you almost want someone to like just confirm that rather than like because you still have like the yeah thing in the back of your head where it's like maybe it's shit you know it's like now, now um, so here's a, here's an interesting one. So if you if you if you imagine it like a scenario where you do that, and then you know, kind of like he says to you, um, in whatever way he would do that, you know, what about doing this or what about that? How yeah. how do you how do you handle those? I'm not going to call them criticisms, but say you know, kind of suggestions as to. Mm. what you could do with it if you've got a not because it's it's often it's your baby isn't it you know it's something that you mm. you've kind of created how do you how do you deal with those sort of things i think um 
Yeah, it's a good question. I think it kind of, that situation normally like confirms how confident you are in it in a mm. way because if you, yeah. if you, if someone True. says that to you and you're like, oh yeah, maybe you could do this and then you're like, oh yeah, maybe I could. Um, or you either go like, no, like I'm going to just keep it as it is or something. Like, you know, you've got like, yeah, you've got confidence in it or whatever. But I think it depends on also like, that's why you only, I only like will show my stuff to certain people is because it's, if they suggest something different, then normally you're going to like respect what they've got to say or like, say. take it on board, yeah. at least, at least think about it, even if you don't um, like sort of impl- implement it or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you've got to be quite choosy because like if someone, I don't know, like if I showed my mum a song and she was like, oh, maybe you could change this or something. I'd be like, shut up, you don't know anything about me. You don't know what you're talking about. about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she'd be um, like, your mum knows so best. It, yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? It's like, it just, it caused more trouble than it's worth. More and, trouble, definitely, um, yeah. So he, like, a lot, of, a lot of stuff, like, the song that I just put out a few weeks ago, I Belong to You. Mm. Can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait. I've turned on my Siri by accident, sorry. Now I can still hear you fine. Um, yeah, she didn't even hear the new song till it came out, sort of thing. So, um, mm. and I think I, I used to probably show people more of the progress back in the day. Mm. Um, but I think it, it's nicer. It was something that my mates in hers used to do. Um, I don't know if you know the band hers. No. Um, who well they, they like they were my mates in uni. They got quite big, and then they passed away in twenty. 19 mm. in like a car crash and stuff but anyway that's oh, wow. kind of beside the point mm. um, but they used to like I remember because I really liked their stuff and I'd be dying to hear it like I'd be like go on just show us a bit like of what you, of your new tune mm. and they kind of be like no 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 not until it's at least until it's mastered or something and then you, I remember Steve from hers he came around and showed me like the new album like finished and I was like wow it's amazing yeah and it was kind of like, it was kind of cooler, even though it was your mate, it was like cooler to hear it just as like a finished project. Finished thing, yeah. And then you actually be sort of wowed by it rather than having heard of it like in like little, you know, the baby steps of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've kind of started doing that a bit more really. I think it's kind of important to kind of keep it to yourself as well to yeah build that relationship and confidence with it in, in yourself before other in yourself i think you're totally right with that i think you t- i think you've really hit a nail on the head there with um because that yeah if, if you if you get get some suggestions for it and then you i'm just thinking thinking about myself how i've kind of handled those and then you kind of react against that that's probably an indication that you don't have the, the belief in it yourself and that the person is probably right but you don't want to you don't want to mm. acknowledge that almost mm. I guess mm. when you when you share yeah, think, stuff with people, you need to you need to kind of be sure that what they're going to tell you is going to be is going to be honest, and they're not going to mm. just sort of say stuff to because they, that's what they think you want to hear. Mm. Yeah, totally. And um, it's kind of nice to have those people too, though. Actually, uh, you know, they're just going to yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 another another Sam move there, um, Brad. Another Sam move. <laughs> Yeah, but um, 
Yeah, no, I think it's, it's definitely worth, instead of sort of showing people everything along the way, to keep it to yourself and, yeah, build that confidence with it, sort of. Mm, thing, you know? mm. And get it to a point where you're like, you know, you, you know if you're going to show someone, they probably are going to be like, oh, yeah, this is great. You know? And even mm. if they don't, you kind of won't even, it won't, like, affect you or bother you, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's important, yeah, for sure. Because, like, with a, with a song... Yeah. With an idea, you know, if it's an idea, then it is more up for criticism than like if you have a full thing. Because yes. an idea, the same song in an idea and the, the finished thing could be totally different as well, you know. So it's like, yeah, um, or like different sounding or like, so yeah, it's kind of, if you let the idea go to someone else and get feedback on it, it's maybe too early or something. Mm. Like, Yes, that's that that's true. Yeah, you've not given it a chance to like grow yourself yet a little bit and stuff. So. And I think I think sometimes you know sometimes ideas, uh, you know, depending on, on on what they are, or I'm not, extreme isn't the right word, but how kind of out of the box they are. You know, sometimes people don't react well to those. You know, because it, it's you know our mind kind of can't sometimes comprehend you know, how far out of the box it is. So sometimes those ideas are best kind of kept to you because you, you, you'll almost like sort of start to then formulate your vision of how to bring that idea into into some mm -hmm. sort of reality. Yeah, I guess sometimes with stuff like that, uh, people might not get it until it's fully formed or fully finished. Mm. Yes, So you kind yes. of have to give it, give it that, like, breathing space and time to grow a little bit before people hear it, you know. Even it's if it's your friends or whatever, you know. It's interesting. I, I did a I did a masters a few years ago, and I sort of wrote, wrote this uh, thesis on on um, like all these um, sounds of, sounds a of sort of very grand word, but it's just basically like a, a, a kind of like a research thing on on the, um, you know, kind of like what sort of skills we need for, um, you know, for kind of the way that the world is now and the way that the world's going, you know, in the future because of all these sort of you know influence of you know, sort of demographics and um, technology and, and, and kind of things like that. And um, I remember it, it took, took the people who were reading it a little bit of time to think, okay, no, is this right? Because I, I was basically kind of saying that, you know, things like adaptability, things like uh, curiosity are, are almost like now as important as if not more important and, and emotional intelligence, which is one of, one of my things as well, than you know some technical skills or you know kind of like some of the you know kind of histories and geographies and maths and whatever that you get kind of taught at school mm -hmm. you know when those ideas are a little bit kind of out of the box sometimes it takes people a little bit of time to get used to them yeah totally um and i think you know that kind of that's proved in a lot of good art or music or maybe poetry and stuff like that is that like mm. good stuff that good stuff will always be sort of more appreciated over time yeah um when maybe it's a bit ahead of its time or something when it first uh first comes about or you know mm. whatever um but yeah i think you know it, that's kind of why yeah it's good to just sort of do your thing anyway and yeah whatever happens with it happens sort of thing and yeah 
if it's if it's good, whether you're writing or doing art or music, it's probably if it's good, then it'll probably probably will be appreciated at some point. Mm. You know, so, or if you're being authentic with it and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, it's kind of that's another thing is like kind of almost circles back to what we talked about at the start is like, um, which I've now forgotten what I was going to say. It's kind of just like just, just well, just doing what you like. The whole like uh, instinct thing, instinct you know, thing, and just doing, just doing it and seeing what happens with it. So sort of I think, thing. I think the, the the other part I was I was going to ask you about, which does link into instinct, I think, is around um, you know times when you felt um, you know un, uncertain about you know kind of whatever's sort of happening in your in your life, whether it's music or or whatever, and mm. you you know how you've overcome that uncertainty because the world is really com- complicated it's, it's it's full of uncertainty now even more like with each day that we live in i think it gets more and more uncertain how do how do you totally. handle that those, those sort of feelings that may come up um i think you just have to have the things in your life i think that can keep you like you know what you can control or what you do know about mm. i guess um and that kind of helps you, for me anyway, keep you grounded a little bit. Um, and there's like this really good um, book that I've read a few times called "Dropping Dropping Ashes on the Buddha." Mm. It's by this like um, <clears throat> this this Buddhist guy who went to America to teach Buddhism, obviously in like the fifties mm. or something. Um, <clears throat> and his whole thing is sort of like to not know almost is like or to keep the idea of like you don't fully know about something is almost a good way to live and you can like yeah. it makes you more present mm. um, and it's yeah I was saying this to my brother the other night as well actually like a lot of really like the smartest people that I think that I know sort of thing of like when we were younger maybe like 2021 20, we all thought we were like trying to figure the world out and like mm. how we were going to do it and stuff but we kind of got to the point now where it's kind of like it's almost better to just accept that you know who knows what's going on and what's like, going on yeah. just sort of just sort of live your life almost yeah um so i think that's the only way really to do it because there's so like you said there's so much going on um in the world and all like you know, most basically all of it's bad as well. You know, so it's yeah. Like, um, and you know, you can spend all your time thinking about how to figure it out or how True. you want someone else to figure it out, like the government and stuff. Like, why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they doing that? Uh, and it only serves to make you more sort of anxious and stuff. You know, it does. Like, yeah. And I think sometimes that's also the point, in a way. You know, to go like slightly conspiracy about it but um, yeah i think yeah the only thing you can really do is just hands up and be like yeah i don't know what's going on with the world i don't know how to fix it but what you can do is sort of do your own thing and kind of try and stay in control of that i guess um so is, is, would you say is, is um you know is spirituality playing a, a, a sort of bigger part in your in your, in your life now um I guess so. Like it, it's one of them where it's like it's. Um, I like I love to read about 
uh, and like different mm. religions and especially like poetry from old religions and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And I think it's a definitely a, probably a more fruitful way to look at life than through like a spiritual lens than it is to look at life through like um, a material lens or like a political lens or something. Yeah. And it probably serves to make you a little bit happier and give your life a bit more meaning, I think. Yeah. Um, but then I, my favorite guy is this guy, Krishnamurti, Jiddu Krishnamurti, who mm. uh, kind of like also denounces all religion. Um, and he's just more like, like you've got to just do it like on your own almost. It's kind of yeah. a spiritual thing, but it's, it's very like anti-organized religion. Mm. It's very much like, um, he says like you have to die every day and like sort of let go of all your images, even in like relationships and stuff. Like you have mm. an image of your friend or your wife or whatever, and you kind mm. of have to like allow for it to be. Um, but it's basically about presence, you know, and like being present, kind of living living each moment as it is, I guess. Which is yeah. obviously way harder to. <clears throat> It's harder. It's easier said than done, you see. But um, mm. yeah, so I try and have a bit of that. But you know, it's I guess it's a bit of a balancing thing as well. It's hard to be yeah. like that fully because you kind of just like maybe fall off the rails a little bit. But, um, it's, but yeah, it's kind of I think it's important to have a little bit of, of or you know, think about it a, a good bit and all that kind of thing. You know, I think yeah, it, uh, yeah I, I agree with you. I think that you, you know, living with living your life with with that kind of lens on you because it, it it that almost like kind of acknowledges that we're living in the in a world that isn't like that so if you can have that in your in your being almost as a, as a way to conduct you to conduct yourself through you know basically like this mm-hmm. this, this this big fucked up capitalist world then mm. At least it's a yeah, it's a it's a kind of way of living and a way of dealing with it that that mm. hopefully gets you through it. Being you know being yeah. a good person and and hopefully you know improving yourself as as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the thing I love about Krishnamurti is that he sort of like <clears throat> he sort of makes you think about the idea of like you know we all contribute to like the way the world is right now or whatever mm. which i think is so true and like it's something that very true i don't like if, if people try kind of find it hard to face like me included but he says you know like or like to modernize it a little bit like no one likes jeff bezos being a billionaire but we all still have amazon prime or whatever or like yeah yeah. You know, or like we've all got MacBooks and iPhones, but then we like moan about, you know. So he kind exactly. of talks about like if you want to if you want to stop it, you have to sort of stop being involved in it as well. You know, otherwise mm. you can't like be involved in it and criticize it. Almost. Criticize it, like, um, which is obviously like I said, harder, harder to do than it. Like you know, because uh, well, that's the sort of vibe that I like. Is like if you want something to change you first have to change it sort of in yourself and then hopefully it spreads or something rather than be a part of something and because um, like no everyone can see that capitalism has got to the point where it's just going sort of crazy yeah but then you know like we say it's like we're all still 
you know, I know people that moan about it loads that are then like, you know, fully involved in it or like contributing to it. So it's like, yeah, yeah. So I think instead of sort of looking at these bigger bodies, maybe like governments and stuff like that, maybe it's like a the spirituality idea is like maybe take a look at like how you could change first or something. Yeah. Maybe. I think I it's, like it's right. Kind of yeah. Th- those, I mean, it's right, isn't it? You know, that th- those small actions you know it's, it's actions that we we take ourselves. whilst if you you know if you look at that in isolation then you you know it's understandable why you think well why the why should i bother because you know mm-hmm. but but if everybody takes that at it's that that old kind of question isn't it but i think it's right that our individual actions you know if i do it if you do it you tell somebody else blah blah, blah and, and it but it it needs that yeah and i, I i've had like big arguments with my friends and stuff about all this kind of idea <laughs> about the idea of like I'll get drunk and we go and like we need a spiritual revolution, not a political revolution, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and everyone's like, "Well, it's just obviously not going to happen." And it's like, "Well, it could happen if everyone did like went on that journey, you know." Yeah. But obviously, you know, is it is that less likely to happen than a political revolution is less likely to happen? You know, I don't know. I like just talking about that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. People say, well, you know, but you've still got the evil people in the world. And it's like, yeah, but they'd have to go on that journey too or something. You know? and it's like, obviously, it's quite, it's kind of a far-fetched thing, but it's something that I enjoy arguing about more than, you know, left or right or who's bad I, and who's good or whatever. You know, it's kind of- yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I like, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've become completely sort of, you know, disillusioned, um, you know, with just just with the the entire system. It just does not... You know, whichever side of the the fence you're on, it doesn't serve. And exactly, um, yeah. you know, you know, it's I, I I just been you know I've been reading more and more about you know the you know the ideas behind anarchy and sort of self rule. You know, whilst mm. it, you know it may it may sound like a complete you know kind of pipe pipe dream. You know, when you when you think about you you know and most people kind of like associate it with chaos, but you know in reality, you know, it's about you know living living with each other and living you know kind of for each other this idea of, and i think it sort of plays into dice of this into this idea of um you know we 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 are like humans are part of life you mm-hmm. know just sort of put you, you know living together with you know with with you know with the plants with you know with with animals with with nature um instead of sort of like thinking of ourselves as this sort of superior being that you know have that have these these kind of rights over yeah. over everybody and everything everything else yeah no totally i like my i love the native americans because they did it mm. they, they obviously had their chaos and their violence and all that kind of stuff too but they at least knew how to like live with the yeah with the with the world or the earth or something you know and all that and yeah, I think it's it's it feels like a bit of a pipe dream because we've been so pushed so far away from that. But mm. obviously, we all know that like the world is sort of for profit at the minute, anyway. So it's like it's not like our fault. It's just like how yeah technology is advanced and all that kind of thing. You know? Um, then it's like a, go back to Krishnamurti again as well. There's a great quote from him that I think about a lot, where he's, he says like. Um, you got to think about whether you love your hurts or something like that, mm. because the way you live suggests that you do love your hurts or something like that. And it's like you need to like realize that we could actually be living 
in a nicer way. Mm. But it's hard, yeah, because people love money and stuff and comfort and, you know, like it's, it's one of those things that's like, we, we can talk about it for ages and ages, but who knows? It's kind of it's centuries worth, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Anyway, so, so what, what's, um, so we've got, we've got the, just talking about music for a bit. We've got the album coming out in twenty uh, sixth of January. Got have you got are you getting tours lined up to support? Is, yeah, so we're doing, that, yeah. doing a little doing a little um, like in store tour first in like around when it actually comes out. Um so that's more like stripped back shows, which I've never really done before, but it'd be fun. Yeah. And like sign ins and stuff and quite intimate sort of little little ones, which would be really nice. They'll be great. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, in April, we're going on like a bit more of a full band tour, um, like sort of bigger venues. Yeah. And doing like a little UK run, and then we're going to Dublin as well for the first time, which will be great. Amazing. Um, so, yeah, yeah, really exciting. And then hopefully, sort of in the process at the minute of looking at some like European dates and hopefully some American dates later in the year as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, next year should be like nice and busy yeah because uh, you you were at um south by southwest weren't you earlier mm, this year mm. yeah 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 so that was the first first time i've ever actually been in the states um, mm. and it was a big i've been like really scared of flying my whole life so that was like mm. kind of a big deal for me um got like had a little valley on and stuff and just got on yeah. a plane as a zombie um but yeah it was an amazing experience so kind of can't wait to go back to the states. Yeah, um, it's, it's like fully feels like you're in a film when you're there. Or it did for me. Anyway. Yeah, it does. Yeah, um, totally. Um, yeah. So yeah, that that would be great. Hopefully, we just just like signed with a new American agent. Um, so he's looking at like booking us a little US run, US tour as well. So, yeah. Yeah. So that would be great. I mean. A lot of my fans are in the in the US, so it's yeah. nice. We were meant to go in 2019, that got cancelled, and 2020 we were meant to like replan it, and then the COVID obviously. Yeah, um, it feels like a long time coming. That I, mm. I feel like I should have been playing in some of the, like some US cities like years ago. You know, so mm. it'd be nice, like finally, to get there. And stuff. I think yeah, the show should be really good. So yeah, that's amazing, Brad. Great. Mm. Yeah, great stuff wonderful well thanks thanks so much man it's been <laughs> great to talk to you that was a good chat, was a good chat. yeah <laughs> we got a bit deep uh, but... I've got things are working out in London as well and we're you know we're kind of not mm. not far from each other as well so hopefully we'll mm. kind of be able to kind yeah, of catch up at some point. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely yeah. nice one man yeah thanks bro. Good, All right, uh, man. good to see you after the chat good chat yeah.